Up next is Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Pete's Ponderings is a selection of Pete's candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis, taken from his show, Afternoons. Listen to the live broadcast of Peter Williams' Afternoon Show at 1pm, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio. This is Reality Check Radio, the Peter Williams Afternoon Show. Welcome to Friday. And still the discussion about that David Parker speech on taxes and rich people supposedly not paying their fair share rumbles on. Uh, There was a great breakdown on Kiwi Blog yesterday about the real tax rate for the various deciles of income earners. So if you're in the bottom 40% of income earners, you actually get more from the government in tax transfers than you pay. So if you're in the bottom 10%, uh, you have an effective tax rate of minus 52%. In other words, you pay no income tax at all, and you get half as much again in tax transfers. The top 30% of income earners, in contrast, though, deciles 8, 9, and 10, pay 78% of all the income tax the government collects. That shows how the income tax system, therefore, is already very distributive. The highly paid already give lots and lots to the not-so-well-paid. But David Parker and the Labour Party and green-eyed socialists in general believe that just because the value of an asset that you own may increase in the course of a year, you should be taxed on the increase in that value, even if you haven't sold the asset, even if you haven't realised the increase in the value. I mean, frankly, it's a ridiculous idea. There is no greater disincentive to invest in a business or a property than to know that you'll be copped with an extra tax just for improving the value of an asset. There is no logic and there is no fairness in that. But then that's your Labour government for you. Uh, There's a fascinating column in the New Zealand Herald this morning by that professional stirrer, Matthew Hooten. He's suggesting that more and more traditional National Party voters, especially some of the, uh, the rich ones, are putting some serious money into New Zealand First campaign in a move to get a three-party coalition of the right into government this year. Their thinking is that the National Party under Christopher Luxon is just... Well, it's just so lacking in charisma and courage, and the ACT vote looks to have topped out at around 10%. So those two parties together fall just short of getting 50%, leaving the government to, uh, well, a frightening combination of Labour, Greens and the Maori Party. So there's some decent donor money apparently going to the New Zealand First campaign in Northland to try and get Shane Jones in as the local MP, even to the extent of suggesting that National Party voters... Vote for Jones as the electorate MP to get New Zealand First back into Parliament. Now, it's probably a long shot, but uh, I know of at least one very wealthy man who has been looking to back Winston Peters and his party for at least uh, 18 months now with this sort of thing in mind. The National Party, frankly, is going nowhere under Christopher Luxon, and they could well lose uh, the most winnable election in recent history. I don't know if I could necessarily trust Winston anymore, but uh, this scenario is certainly worth thinking about, don't you think too? Gee, there's been a lot of talk about the All Blacks this week, hasn't there? In particular, uh, All Black coaches, not for this year, mind you, but for next year. 
And don't you find that really, really strange? It's as if uh, 2023, a Rugby World Cup, you know, less has just been written off. Ian Foster is a hopeless coach. We won't win the Rugby World Cup. So let's think about this new golden era that will arrive under Scott Robertson in 2024. I think that is really weird. Uh, when Robertson was appointed, I remember saying, good, that's that out of the way. Now let's get back to the serious business of this year. But no, the assistant coaches for Robertson were named a few days ago and all the headlines were again about next year. Shouldn't we be thinking about this year? Do we not realise that this year the All Blacks may win the Rugby World Cup and the Crusaders may not win Super Rugby? So who will be the hot coach by the end of this year? It might not be Scott Robertson. All I'm saying is let's not take our eye off the ball and worry about next year yet. We haven't even picked an All Black team for this year yet. 2024 will be a new book and it's not even at the printing press yet. You're listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Now, earlier this week, I had a rant and a rave about the pathetic response to a home-damaging incident in South Auckland. An Indian landlord had his tenants thrown out because they were behind in the rent. Uh, Those tenants, or maybe some associates of theirs, came back and wrecked the house, just destroyed it. The police were called, but didn't show up and don't appear to be that interested in doing some proper police work protecting the community. In contrast, yesterday, I got a speeding ticket in the mail. I was clocked, shock horror, doing 60 in a 50 kilometre an hour area in Omakau, which is a little village about 20 kilometres out of Alexandra here in central Otago. It was on Easter Sunday. The fine is $30. Yes, $30. I mean, really? There was no traffic of consequence uh, in the town. I was not driving dangerously. There was no victim in this offence. The administration of the speeding ticket went to Wellington. The letter arrived for me from Police National Headquarters for a $30 fine. Aren't priorities all screwed up here? Why are cops out on the road and on Easter Sunday nitpicking for traffic offenders while real crime is just not being followed up? Now, I have never lived in an area where so many traffic cops lurk under trees and around corners trying to catch speeding drivers. It's as if there is no real crime in this part of the world to fill in the policeman's day. Well, if there isn't, ship them out of central Otago and take them to South Auckland because there's an Indian landlord there who is in desperate need of some assistance. This is RCR. Oh, this is coming from Mark. Peter, are you aware that no medical device adverse events are ever investigated in New Zealand? I've had many to various medical devices. Doctors don't investigate because they just treat symptoms with pharmaceutical interventions. They don't even have the tools to identify the cause. So why does the public think they will be looked after if they have an adverse event? Interesting comments, Mark. Thank you for that. I think that uh, many people, after the last three years, are getting more and more, I won't say suspicious, but more and more sceptical about 
what we've known previously as mainstream medicine. Uh, this has come in from Kevin and Leslie Hunt in Blenheim. My God, I can't tell you how happy we are to see that you guys are going to offer us a non-moron radio station and especially to see Peter Williams' face amongst the other hosts as well. Well, that's uh, my pleasure. Uh, we had nearly given up hope that we would ever again get non-Labour Party-controlled media or journalists to challenge the imbecilic lunacy that is happening in this country at the moment. Uh, all the very best. We will be tuning in, Kevin and Leslie Hunt of Blenheim. Thank you for that, Kevin and Leslie. Uh, if you have any correspondence for us, you can get in touch. Inbox at realitycheck.radio. This is RCR, the Peter Williams Afternoon Show. Now, the National Party held a meeting in Queenstown yesterday about housing. Uh, they've come up with a new landlord's policy, which might, which might actually encourage more property owners to become operators of long-term rentals. All the regulations that the Labour Party put on landlords back when was it 2019? Well, they've had the unintended, but I reckon highly predictable outcomes, mainly a reduction in the number of houses for rent because landlords just find it too hard to comply with the rules. Uh, so they've gone the short-term Airbnb way, uh, which don't have the same rules. But the report on the Queenstown meeting yesterday was absolutely illuminating in terms of the way the great divide between property owners and non-property owners is beginning to manifest itself in this country. There is, as we know, as we've talked about, a massive shortage of rental housing accommodation in Queenstown. Yet at any one time, up to a quarter of the houses, I think it's 27% is the official number, but uh, 25, 27% of the houses in Queenstown are unoccupied at any one time because their owners live elsewhere. And the Queenstown house is uh, a second property for the holidays. But at this meeting in Queenstown yesterday, a woman in the crowd named Ashley Munn uh, told Chris Bishop and Joseph Mooney from the National Party uh, that people who own a second house in Queenstown should be shamed into letting people stay in them so that people don't die in the cold through sleeping in cars in the winter. Is that being dramatic? Possibly. But the point is there are more and more people living in cars in Queenstown because they can't get a house to rent. But shaming people, shaming people into renting out their house, really? Have we come to that? I would hope not. This is Reality Check Radio, RCR. You've been listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Remember, you can catch Pete's full show combining smooth sounds and candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis and the Peter Williams Afternoon Show on our live broadcasts, 1pm, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio.